Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nice. And this is our recap of Stage 3 of Paranese 2021, the TT Day. We've had a couple of, let's be honest, sleepy days in Stages 1 and 2. Definitely GC-wise. Uh, and this was where we knew there were going to be GC gaps 14 kilometer course from Jean to Jean, a loop around 102 meters elevation gain. I was like, oh, they should average over 50 Ks an hour. I was wrong. Uh, I think they averaged, the winner averaged just under 50 Ks an hour. The road surface was really bad and there was quite a few punchy climbs. The, the climb to the finish was harder than it looked on the profile yeah. and definitely, um, it definitely slowed that average down below 50 Ks an hour. I want to remind you, it's already Wednesday, 10th of March here because I'm in the early hours of the morning. But on Wednesday, when you, tomorrow in Europe and America, Healthy Aging Tour starts. It's being broadcast live, I understand, by Eurosport and GCN. Pretty stacked field, women's stage race. Yes, it's a 2-1, but it's basically got all the World Tour top-level teams. So I would ignore that designation and get behind Drops Lacole. Lacole have come on this year as a title sponsor of Drops Lacole. Lacole are the sponsor of our podcast. We obviously shouted out their kit when they announced it the other day. Um, so, yeah, maybe check in on Drops Lacole, see how they're going tomorrow. Maybe pick out a rider that you think could do well. And it'd be interesting if you want to follow them along with us, maybe if you want an underdog team, because it's easy to root for SD Works. Um, so, I like to have like a strong team. And then uh, a bit of a plucky underdog team as well. They're at Conti level, drops the coal, and hoping to move up to World Tour level in the future. But this TT, Benji, remind us, because I always lie about the picks and then say I picked this guy to win when I didn't. What did we say was going to happen in this TT before we read out the results? You said that Bissiger would do well. And um, you also did said that Cavanaugh would do horrible. Um <laughs> We okay. both agreed <laughs> that Roglic would do relatively well. Yeah. And I think I said that Campanards would do really well, but then he, uh, well, we'll talk about it in a second, what he did and why he did what he did. But um, those were the real call-outs, I think. So Grandes was one of the names that was up there as well. Uh, we, we said he was top five. Matthews we would, said he was top yeah. five lock. Yeah. yeah. Matthews as well was also a name that we obviously named because he obviously had the yellow jersey, perhaps still has. We don't know yet. But um, he, well, was one of the guys that we expected something from, knowing that he can time trial, knowing that he wanted to get in that yellow jersey. He likely wanted to keep it for this time trial as well. So a bit of a challenge for him as well. Those were the names I think we named, and we were also kind of, yeah, in doubt about a few people. Vlazov, Hard when it comes to their time trials regarding today. And we'll see if that panned out. Okay, so this is how we do time trials because it's all reverse chronology, reverse GC order. We just read out the results um, and then we get to the talking points. So reminder that 
Michael Matthews was in the yellow jersey with a 14-second lead on the majority of the field, sort of the contenders for the stage, except for Dennis, who was like three minutes back. Uh, he was like 14 seconds ahead of, you know, Rolich, Cavagna, etc. And then about 10 seconds or so, maybe six seconds ahead of Mads Pedersen, who was four seconds ahead of those other riders on 14 seconds. But the results today, the big man, the big young man who I've been hyping up for ah, a little bit, Stefan Bissiger, the Swiss rider for EF Education Nippo, wearing the duck. No, not the duck. He's wearing the Pock Temple helmet, but it would have gone faster if they had the duck painting on it. He won this ITT, 49.184 kilometer an hour average. I think 0.8 of a second ahead of Remy Cavagna. So I was right with Bissiger doing well. I was very wrong about mis- counting out Cavagna. Benji set me straight on that yesterday. He was basically the same time as Bissiger, but he just sat up before the line. I think it cost him the stage, Benji. Roglic third. Rogler is back, baby. Let's go. There's something about seeing... <laughs> Primoz in the TT suit, just thick Primoz. I don't know. It just makes me feel like cycling's back. And uh, he came third, six seconds behind Bissiger. I said, I said the other day on the preview, I was like, can he really dive back into that 2018 20 minute TT level again? Well, he showed he can. Um, but I didn't think the gap would be too big between him and Sharkman. And it was, it wasn't too big bigger than i expected those 16 seconds to shuckman who was 13 22 seconds back but back to fourth brandon mcnulty the american nine seconds behind bisica three seconds behind roglic lovely time for mcnulty we knew he could tt it's how he's going to go on stage seven that i'm really interested in actually the mountaintop finish Fra anderson fifth still a nice time 10 seconds back rowan dennis sixth 13 seconds behind bisica he's in the hot seat for quite a while but yeah, sixth. We'll talk about that in a second. Laporte, seventh. Benji. Dylan Van Barle, eighth. Lampard, ninth. Bevan, tenth. Very small second gaps between all of these. Stefan Kreisfeich, 20th. Now I'm going to just read out some of the GC people, re- relevant GC people. Vlasov, 16th. 22 seconds back behind Bissiger. 16 seconds behind Roglic. Same time as Sharkman. I'm staggered by it. Um, that's crazy. Matthews lost the yellow jersey to Bissiger. He lost 23 seconds to him. He needed to finish 14 seconds or less after Bissiger's time. So Bissiger goes into the yellow jersey. And now some of the GC issues. Gagan Hart, I think, came 41st, 44 seconds back on Bissiger, 38 seconds behind Roglic. Who else had a bad TT from the GC contenders, Benji? Greipel. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, Greipel. Yeah, I mean, he took all those intermediate sprints yesterday and then and then he gave them back today in the TT. Oh, Hindley. Oh, Hindley was bad. Uh, a, minute, a minute and two behind on a 14K ITT, uh, 71st. So that's the same time as Gilbert, who legit wasn't trying. He was, like, not wearing uh, – yep. he was wearing, like, normal socks, I think. Like, was he even wearing a skin suit? <laughs> so that wasn't great. But he, let's get into some of these talking points, Benji. The TT specialists, oh, I didn't, Campanats and Dennis. Dennis set a respectable time, and, you know, it's early season, maybe he's had different priorities. But coming sixth, and then Campanats coming 30th, 32 seconds back. I thought Campanats was going to come second, Benji. I, I picked Dennis for the stage win in my preview. You thought Campanats would do well as well. I don't think anyone thought he would come 30th. 
what is going on? Well, yesterday we made that call about Companauts being out there in time trial. And then I read an article like not, not even like 15 to 20 minutes after we did our recording session that he feels like the time trial list in him is not really there at the moment and that he's purely focusing on the transformation towards a classic rider. Uh, we've seen that in Kuhne because, yeah, we saw him. No, it was Lissamer, I think, where we saw him attack multiple times. I think in Kuhne as well, once in one of the last kilometers, he tried something at the front of the peloton. So he's active in those classics races. He's showing that he's doing that transformation, but I still kind of expected him up here. So I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm disappointed. I think I am. But I also, yeah, if he wants to transform the rider type he is, I'm also not really against that. I've been promoting him to do more than time trial for multiple years. So can't really go back on that now. But either way, yeah, disappointing, I guess, for everybody that expected something from him. I expected stuff from him until I read that article. And I was like, yeah, that pick was a, a bad one. When it comes to Dennis, I don't know. I um, I feel like I've said this multiple times. I think three to four years ago, we had that year that Dennis was strong consistently in time trials. But ever since then, he's becoming less and less consistent in time trials. And I think... I did not expect him to win this because of that reason. I didn't expect him to... Eh, I, I perhaps did expect him to win top five because it's it's just not really uh, the kind of thing that I, I see Dennis not being decent at a time trial. But yeah, I, I expected him higher. I can't say much more than that, but I also didn't expect him to win. So it's not the biggest surprise to me personally, honestly. He said he did 20 watts more than his target power in the Must hot have been seat then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you mean overreading? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I'm, I'm, I never understand the overreading, underreading thing. But yeah, it's, I don't know what's gone on there. Maybe it's still, still not. He still hasn't won with Ineos. I know Ganner exists, um, and he is doing a lot of work in the Giro, not in the time trials. But maybe it's an equipment thing at Ineos. As well, apparently, I've been told um, by people on the R Peloton Discord, they've been tracking it. The um, Ineos were wearing like an aero base layer last year, Benji, and I'm not like an equipment geek at all. But hey, I like I like conspiracy theories and things like that. So last year, all the TTs apparently Ineos wore these aero base layers. I don't know the science behind wearing an aero base layer. Maybe it makes everything thicker. I don't know. Um, and they haven't been wearing them this year, and Gegenhart wasn't wearing it today. So maybe that's – and Ghana, we've got to be honest, Ghana did not beat Bissiger by as much as we expected in UAE either, so on a TT that suited him down to the ground. So, Are you telling me that the difference between Ghana at God level and Ghana at super good level is a base layer? I'm saying <laughs> that – I don't know. Maybe. Maybe yeah, it's true good, because good. like the difference between Roglic at top level and at at horrible level is a helmet. So if if it's 0.5 percent of your time, that's actually a lot of seconds. Um, but I still think Ghana is going to win <laughs> the Torino TT. Um, well, maybe, <laughs> okay, if if Ghana doesn't win the Torino TT, someone needs to clip this part of the podcast. Uh, and if Wafanat beats him, and we'll say it's because of the base layer changeover. So I don't know why they're not wearing any more. <laughs> Maybe it's seatbelt banned secretly. Uh, so on the next talking point, Gagan Hart, closely related to that. I, I, did ex I didn't expect him to beat Roglic. I expected him to lose 
25 seconds to Roglic. Yeah. 38 seconds, Benji. That's a lot of time. And GC is pretty much done for him, in my view. It's the base layer, you know? Um, all joking aside, <laughs> I think that... Uh, all joking aside, I think that it's not necessarily completely over. We know that in this these kind of stage races that you can have one rider that gets a bit of a clear in the last few kilometers of a climb and then suddenly everybody behind starts panicking and can't close it down. But the competition is Roglic. Roglic won't have that happen. Roglic won't fail here, I think, in Paris. So for me, I think it's almost a dead set lock at this point that Roglic is taking this Paris home. You said it even before Paris started. Um, if he doesn't crash, if he doesn't have bad luck, I think it's almost a log, but it could still be very interesting to see the battle behind. <laughs> Are we saying already that Rogic is winning this Paris on day three? <laughs> well, no, like it's playing out exactly. This is yeah. the exact reason why he was such a short favorite because now he's done. Rogic has got this. Where is he on GC compared to the other guys? Um, I don't know. He's three seconds ahead of McNulty. He's 16 ahead of Schachman and Vlasov, and like 38 ahead of Gagenhart and co. Uh, the only reason he lost the Tour de France, by the way, pretty much the only race he lost last year was because of a last day ITT craziness. Um, that's not happening, obviously, in Paris-Nice unless they change, convert the Nice stage in stage eight to a talent trial. And, uh, and he's probably Pogacar. still gained, gained more time. And yeah, and insert Pogacar, Pogacar and Ganner, and they do a team time trial. So <laughs> this is setting up perfectly. Look at the team they have. Benji Kreisvike looks on good form. Nice time from him as well. Um, I think, where did Kreisvike come, Benji? Oh, it was, you were pretty happy Hello. with it. Four, 14 seconds behind Roglic. They got Bennett, who looked fine again after his hard crash yesterday. And oh, I looked all right. And then Sam Ehrman. So they got a strong team to control. And now Roglic has got a lead. And they got... He's a mountaintop finish that suits Roglic that he's been dominating. It's, I don't know. I don't know what to do. What, what would you do? Would you be pretty disconsolate if you were the other GC riders or if if you're in the Ineos camp today? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I don't think that Gigan Hart has the ability of beating Roglic anyway. So I, I, I think that obviously they're going to panic Ineos about this GC. They were already kind of in a bad mode since Ford was unfortunately abandoning this race. I got to remind you of it. Just have to. Um, the tears are are coming out of those eyes. I can see it. I can hear it. Anyway. Um, yeah, on paper, Richie Ford would have been the ideal candidate for them to go for GC with this time trial, with the climb that is coming at the end. On paper, he'd be able to compete with Roglic relatively. But... With, with Gagan Hart, that's just not the case, in my opinion. I, I don't think that's a viable option here. And he, he will get close, likely, but I don't see him beating po- uh, Roglic, not Pogacar. That's the wrong race. Um, so <laughs> I also don't necessarily think that Gagan Hart is the biggest competitor of Roglic at this point. I think that yeah, Vlasov might be. Who is it? Is be. it Shackman or Vlasov? I think Vlasov, and I would not... I think so, too. I would not underestimate McNulty's top five options here. Oh, no, no, obviously. Like, McNulty, top five. I'd be surprised if he didn't come top five. I think he, he will... He could hard in GC. Uh, he, he, I think he'll lose time on stage seven. I think the Sharubla stage suits him on the medium mount, hard medium mountain stage. 
but he'll probably lose time on the mountaintop finish if they hit it hard. But it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time to make up, uh, especially when you get a big draft on that climb. And he's in good form. Vlasov, I think he's the threat, Benji. I think if you're Roglic, you would have been counting on 40 seconds ahead of Vlasov. And Vlasov must have good legs. Like he attacked, was it stage one or two? I'm not sure if we mentioned it. Randomly on the flat yeah. with Luis Leon Sanchez. <laughs> like, we're like, is that Vlasov? Because he looks very distinctive frame. He must be feeling himself. And um, yeah, he didn't have a good Provence where he was good last year. Maybe he's shaping up nicely here. And I can't wait to see whether he attacks. He will attack. He's an aggressive guy. He'll attack on the medium mountain, stage to Shrub or and um, stage seven. He's also got Yoni Zagiri, who's also up there in GC. Um, yes. I think he's 12th in GC now, Zagiri, ahead of Flazov by one second. So that's a good duo, a strong duo. We know that Zagiri is stronger in these one-week races, definitely at the start of the season in like February, sure. March, where even April with like Catalonia and Basque Country is usually pretty damn strong. Yeah. So Barinis is leaning into that. Wouldn't surprise me if Yonas Aguirre is also very strong for Astana. So that duo is going to be relentless, but obviously that's the same thing with Roglic and Kreisweg. So it's duo versus duo here, I think, for for the real GC. I think the rest will have to come from far to compete with these two. Astana have got Luchenko, Luis Leon Sanchez in good form, Yonas Aguirre and Vlasov. I'm telling you, they are... Freyla. This race... Fan Freyla. This race may not go anywhere. But if there's a cold and wet day, only the last Nice medium mountain day that's hard to control, a super cold or wet day, that is how I think Roglic can lose this race. Jumbo Visma, we saw in the Vuelta last year on that cold, wet day where he lost time, Benji, and Kuz had to sacrifice himself. We never really found out what happened there. And I think, um, yeah, I think Vlasov will, that, that's their best chance of winning. But some other talking points from this time trial, apart from Roglic being back and Vlasov having improved his TT. Christophe Laporte, seventh. Um, kind of like, is he the best? Oh, no. Cavani's the best French time trial. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just I was shocked by that. I didn't think he'd come top 10. But he seems to be in, in really good form, Benji. Like, what, what sort of rider is he? Can, a guy that can sprint like that and do this well at the TT. At this point, he's pretty all-round, isn't he? Because I recall him doing really well at Omlob this year. He was also pretty good in uh, Paris-Roubaix one year in the past. Um, Sage. He had a fifth in the time trial, if I recall correctly. He won a stage there. Body in another sprint stage, or I think it was a sprint stage at least. So, yeah, he's pretty all-round sprinter, cobbler, and has a time trial capability. But if the time trial is, extends 15 kilometers, he's very unlikely to win. Here it's 14. He's still in that margin of getting a top 10 place, but if it's longer, it's just not the case. So it's the real like sprinter slash prologue rider. But um, yeah, he's also not a god at prologue or time trials. I think he he might have won one like in 2019 or something. I recall something like that. Yes, Pato Chahant, he won a time trial. How the hell do I remember that? And a time trial in this Tour of Luxembourg. So he can definitely TT. And he also won the time trial of Besage in 2019. So yeah, he can TT. That's clear. <laughs> Speaking of people who can TT, how where do you rate Bissiger now? Are you is he now in the top tier time trial? Say Gano is in a tier of his own. Is he in the top tier with Van Aert, Avon de Paul, uh, Kung? Who else? Who else would be in that list? Uh, is he in the top tier of time trials? Avon de Paul. 
if he's at top level, I guess. But uh, Bissigeris for me, mm, I think if the time trial is under 15 kilometers, I've got him up there with the best. And that's only since the start of the season. Last year, he had a good time trial, but I just hadn't put him up there consistently. He hadn't performed consistently. He only did Bing Bang really well. And that obviously, um, yeah, that's obviously not enough to put me, put him with the best for me. But this year is changing that. And that's now two time trials in a row that he's up there with the best. So I think that we're going to see him up there quite a few times more this season. And perhaps in the coming years as well, he's going to be winning uh, time trials more regularly from this point. But I'm not sure what he can do in the longer ones. Have no clue. He's quite a compact rider. He's a bit like Peterson. I think he's, according to PCS, he's, I think, 5'10", five 5'9", foot five foot 78 kilos. So he looks really, really powerful. Volters, I think, said that he has a very, like one of the lowest CDAs they've ever seen. So I think he's a legit, really, really strong time trial. What's CDA? We'll need to... Pardon? What's CDA? Uh, it's like the arrow thing. It's like how the lower the better. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know I'm not a physicist. It's a coefficient <laughs> of drag times, coefficient of drag times frontal surface area, and then you do your what? You do like your watts by CDA. I'm now sounding like Adam Blythe on commentary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how fast you go on a flat TT, uh, or affects okay. how fast you go. So lower CDA, the better. Um, and I think what like 0.2, 0.21 is like bad or average. I can't remember. I'm not a not that into time trials and equipment, etc. Um, although Bissiger's obviously switched onto it. Low CDA according to his DS or manager, and he's wearing the Pock Tempo helmet, which you'll know from the oh, Danish. Oh fucking god! The Benji doesn't so like ugly. it style wise. I hate it. Yeah, but. <laughs> The Danish pursuit team wore it last year. Then they apparently brought it back into production because people have so much demand for it. And if it works for you, it certainly works for you, uh, given the time Biscuit set today. What other what other things do I have, Benji? Jungles. Bob Jungles was, um, I think, a bit disappointing for both of us. He lost 38 seconds to Bissiger, 32 seconds to Roglic. He's gone to Azure Desert Citroen not to go to be a cobbler, did you think he was going for GC in this race? I must have, because I think he mentioned that he wanted to do more in the one-week races, and this is kind of the opportunity. It's not like their team has many different leaders here, so he's likely the one that will have to do it for that team. And with the likes of Orlean Panther, who isn't really good at time trial and stuff, those aren't really the people you can go for here. So he was kind of the option for them, and I feel like he didn't really deliver what he what he should, but he hasn't done well in time trials for years now. So I think that the move to the Koenig changed his type of rider a bit from like GC time trial attempt because he never really got where he wanted to with what he tried there. Then he went for the Ardennes, one LBL in the uh, early attack way. I think still on the cold off finish back in the day. And then eventually also won a couple of rains, I think last season or the year before, um, what is it, Vlaanderen? I don't know. Two years ago? I don't know. Anyway, um, so he had that move to a different rider, that transformation, and he doesn't seem to be able to get back to Tramtrail too easily. So, yeah, I don't expect too much from him 
for this GC and even for any GC this year. I, I just don't believe in it anymore. Yeah, I think I don't really know what he's going to focus on. Uh, Mate, must be the must be the Arden. I thought is what yeah. he was supposed to be focusing on. I don't know. He's also a guy that I thought could be really lethal in medium mountain stages, going for breaks, but he's not doing the the Giro where I think he could pick up some stages. Uh, he's came he came sixth on GC there in 2016. Uh, very unusual career, Bob Jungles. Um, other talking points, Benji would be, I guess, do you think Roglic has actually gone back to that 2018 form or did you expect this? Is this really the same level he's been doing the whole time and um, it's just a – we've got to factor in his TT ability is different at the end of a three-week race and a one-week race, it's always going to be top shelf and always has been. Yeah, I don't know. I I can't compare 2018 to this time trial. He didn't win this one, but that doesn't mean it was necessarily worse than in 2018. I I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm not an expert at comparing those numbers. But to me, it always felt like over the years, Roglic had lost a tiny bit of his time trial or chose to lose a bit of his time trial to improve in the climbing. That completely worked out. And that's what brought him to as good of a GC rider as he is now. But it mainly plays out when there's recovery coming into play. The third week of Grand Tours and such, almost the end of the uh, of the second week as well. In the Vuelta last year, it didn't really show too much because, well, the competition in the time trial wasn't up to standards compared to who is here, for example. Or uh, there, were, there also was no Ghana and such to like compare to. But uh, I, I can't tell you. I genuinely can't tell you if this is different than last year. I... um. I don't know. One thing I'm certain is that he's basically almost a lock for GC for me. Yeah, I think it'd be. I'd be surprised if he didn't win from this stage. It's setting up very nicely for Jumbo Visma. He is definitely one low key one of the biggest trolls in cycling. He posted before the stage yeah. on Instagram. He was wearing the cursed helmet from the Planche de Belfi ITT. He posted with it being like Paranese ITT time, baby. And everyone was like, "What? Why you can't be wearing that helmet, right?" Because in the Vuelta, he went back to the short, older helmet, the laser, the old laser helmet, and he won that Vuelta TT uh, after the tour. And he started, and he's wearing the old helmet again, and then he came third. <laughs> um, so I don't know whether the team make him. I think I think he's trolling, right? Or do you do you think the team laser made him put that post up? I don't know. I think that it's probably for advertisement purposes that they put the the old helmet up. No, well, the new the new old helmet. It's difficult now. <laughs> the isn't cursed it? helmet. Called the cursed, cursed helmet. The helmet of doom. And um, it basically just proves the theory we had, like. It is the helmet. It, there's no other way around it anymore. We've we've got <laughs> considerate, consistent proof that the helmet was why he lost the Tour de France now. <laughs> the same day, the same day of that that stage in Plage de Belfi, I had someone who came top fifteen in that stage and they messaged me and they said, um, it's hard to win the Tour de France with a helmet that fucked. And <laughs> that's pretty much articulates but mind your thoughts on it, Benji. So no surprise that he's wearing um, wearing that the old helmet. I think it's more a, a suits thing. Like maybe the Poc Temple doesn't suit everyone. Suits Bissiger, obviously. I think the new laser helmet suits uh, the Volante, I think. Suits Wild Van Aert a lot. I think he wears it. and Or Dumoulin might wear it. I don't know. 
Uh, but Roglic just suits his body position, which is obviously very different to Wout Van Aert. Obviously, suits the old one more based on very anecdotal evidence. But tomorrow's stage, Benji, stage four of Paris-Nice from Chalon-sur-Saône to Chirouble. I can't wait for this stage. 187Ks. I'm hoping the people that lost a lot of time today take that and take that anger out on this stage tomorrow. Let me count. Six Category 2 climbs, including multiple ascents of the Mont Bruy, 3.2Ks at 7.3%. It's a lot of climbs like that. 3Ks at 6.5%, 2.5Ks at 8%, 4Ks at 5.3%. And then the, there's a mountaintop, well, a hilltop finish rather, up to Col de Debis, uh, then the sh- up to Cherub, 7.4Ks at 6%. Apparently, there's two two intermediate sprint placements. One is at the top of the Col de Derby's 3.3Ks at 7.5%, uh, about 140Ks in. And then the, the last intermediate sprint is 4Ks before the line at the end of 1,200 metres at 10.3%, up the final climb. It's a, it's a roller coaster fake news climb, uh, apparently. It's got steep sections of 10.9%, 10.4%. Uh, fake news climb. I love the term. You miss it. You miss it yeah, from the Vuelta. I was we ready for my. I was ready with my phone with an alarm sound, and you just spoiled it already, dude. Oh, sorry. I mean, we with the UAE tour, we had to take a break from it because they just got you know the gradual highway climbs. Yeah. But if a break doesn't win, Benji, it's Rogler time. I'm telling you. I think so as well. I think that Roglic wins this one. <laughs> be a break. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I can't say much about it. Yeah, it, it's supposed to disagree with me. That's how this is supposed to work. It's supposed okay. to be like Steve. Grapple is going to outspin them at the end. <laughs> His grapple meme is going too far. <laughs> I okay, well, let's talk about something like the breakaway. Then, who has a chance in the break? Um, the problem is turns hasn't. People haven't lost much time. That they're, they're going to get much of a leash, right? So, who is even? Tehen is he too far in GC? I don't know at this point. I have no clue where he is at in GC. His time trial was probably pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, on like 31 seconds. Who will let him go? Yeah, and Yoni Zagiri, perfect candidate for a breakaway. He's on like he's on like 14 seconds from Roglic or 15 seconds from Roglic. So you can't go on a breakaway either. I think our only chance of non-Yumbo Visma dominance is if Sharkman, Ineos, Astana just throw everything they can on some of the medium the uh, medium climbs or the steeper ones, might be the early the intermediate sprint up Montpellier and try and attack Yamba Visma and poke some chinks in their armour. Um, we haven't see spoken if... about um Yeah. About Guillaume Martin. Because this time trial was obviously pretty bad as well because he's one of the worst three C T tiers in the world. But I think that he might be a surprise at the end of tomorrow's stage. Not Good from call. the breakaway. But with a yes. bit of a punch on the last kilometer or something, in the same way that Roglic Definitely. always does, he did the same on Monde Guel, but too early. I think the confidence wasn't there, and he, he just went too early. Too and... much confidence, actually. <laughs> yeah, it depends, really. If you don't trust your sprint, you're going to try early. Or if you trust your sprint too much, you're also going to try early. So <laughs> we have no clue if it was the confidence or not. <laughs> he came. He also came third on the Orsia Malet stage behind the two Slovenians. Roglic and Pogacar. So he had a really nice early, uh, like week one of the Tour de France. He showed really good punch on the, uh, I think it was, yeah, on some of those mountaintop finishes. I I think that's a great shout, Benji. But where does he attack? 
Does he just wait for the sprint finish and hope Roglic stuffs it up because there's no coos leading him out and he comes around him? Does he attack from like 800 meters and hopes Jumbo Visma don't chase because he's a minute back on GC? Does he attack earlier? Because he it's not like with Vlasov and the world to last year, we're like, oh, he's eight minutes back, attack with three Ks to go and Roglic won't care. Um, what do you, well, how would you play it if you were Guillaume Martin? Honestly, I'd probably wait. I genuinely wait. Um, I think that the only problem here is that it's so fake news that there's like one kilometer of 11%, one, another one of 11%, but it's like flat in between those two kilometers. So I don't know. You've got a full kilometer of a pretty high gradient to do something on with early attacks. Likely attacks will happen on those early kilometers. I think Vlasov needs to go early. (laughs) It's the only option for Vlasov. Uh, to do that and I think an attack by Vlasov early might open up the race more and then it's gonna be 1v1 but if it's not a 1v1 if they go over those 10% gradient kilometers with a group of like 10, 11, 12 because they've been pacing on it then I wouldn't even be surprised if Shockman's still there and we know what he did in, in Basque Country two or three years ago Catalonia on these finishes he'd, he'd sprint away from everybody in the final kilometer Shockman so if Shockman's good enough at climbing to survive those two kilometers at 10%, which is a not going to be super easy, but if a man can podium LBL, then he can probably do that. So wouldn't surprise me. And then I wouldn't be surprised if Shockman is also up there on this stage. But Guillaume Martin, I don't know. It's a combination, really. Either go early or go late. It's probably going to depend on how good he is and... The problem is if you go early, then you're very likely to get counter later on by, by Roglic because he's going to be playing it relatively defensively because he knows he's got one of the better last kilometers. The last kilometer averages, or the, the second to last K is 4% and the last kilometer is 6%. It's going to be so hard to attack there. The draft will be important at yep. last three Ks. And then will the stage have been hard enough early? I can't wait to see what happens. I'm worried, looking into it closely, that it's going to be easy for Jumbo Visma to control, especially with Kreisvike on good form. No Sepp Kusto, but we'll see. Uh, I can't wait to watch. Uh, any last thoughts, Benji, before we get out of here? Um, do you think Paranese, like, do you like the, do you like the time trial third stage rather than maybe seventh or eighth stage? I quite liked early TT because I hope people will have to be aggressive afterwards. Yep. It forces people that are not amazing at time trials to make that initial move already. And if the situation was the other way around, you'd have perhaps riders that would be trying to get an advantage before the time trial, but not as much as it would be to try and get back to a position of competitiveness after a time trial. Because, yeah, you always have that feeling if the time trial is later of, ooh, imagine if I've got a good day anyway, then I don't need to do this attack. <laughs> Stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that it's, I think that's more fun. In the, uh, in the tour, it was... The opposite, though, it seemed like the final time trial made everything happen. So, yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter as long as the riders are willing to ride on the stages around the time trial, really, I think. <laughs> Tomorrow, we also have Healthy Aging Tour started, starting, as well as Tirreno Adriatico and Paranese Stage 4. My body is going to be broken. Paranese has got Van der Poel, Wout van Aert, Landa, Nibali, Fulsang, Bernal, See Sagan on the start list. Is that right, Benji? Sagan's there as well. I thought he had COVID and he was recovering from it. Um, it's, yeah, I think, I don't know who's going for GC for Jumbo Visma, whether Foss gets a chance. Um, 
for Yumbo Visma, but it's a really it's a stronger start list, Pagacha as well. Stronger start list, I think, all around, just particularly GC wise than uh than at Paris Nice, but not as strong a sprinter's field. So we'll be doing recaps of that as well as the Paris Nice stage uh tomorrow bundled up together. So I hope you join us then. We'll see you later. Ciao. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.